Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So hello, everyone. Today, our guest is Yuval Ackerman. She is specializing in email marketing down ethically and strategically. Thank you for making the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, let's start with a short introduction. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Yuval. I am an ethical email copywriter and strategist, as you mentioned. Um, and I work with both personal brands and e-commerce brands to basically sell more and better with their emails. I'm adding revenue. I'm adding ease to companies. And yeah, I'm basically helping companies to nurture a profitable love-love relationship with their subscribers and email lists. Great. And I deal with the domain names I mentioned to you earlier, and we've heard that a lot, many times actually over the history of domains, because domains and emails are sort of connected, like you, you, you need a domain name to you know send an email. And there has been, at least in my experience with domains, few points in history where people are going, oh, the domain names are dead. You know, everything is going to be apps or everything is going to be social networks or everything is going to be whatever. And with so many different ways in which company can communicate with, with their customers, I've heard that sort of a thing said about emails as well. But obviously, it has never happened. And if I'm not wrong, and you can correct me on that, if I'm getting that wrong, I've feel email is still one of the most effective ways to communicate with your audience and to engage them, especially if you're talking about longer term relationship with your clients. So what is your experience like over your over the time that you've been dealing with emails? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think that a lot of people think of email as something that is maybe very old and very unattractive and not very sexy. Mm. But email is the cockroach of anything internet. Social media try to kind of have the upper hand on things. Uh, Slack even try to kind of position themselves as the alternative to email marketing. But, you know, come sun, come rain, whichever thing that is trying to diss email marketing, it's still, email marketing is still I think the high, the most effective way to market your business with the highest uh, return on investment, we're talking about mm. on average anywhere between $36 to $44 return on investment for every dollar that you're spending on it. So mm. that's huge. That is huge. And I don't know any kind of another platform that can guarantee that. Definitely not social media. And I always say to everyone who's willing to listen, email marketing is your way to own the platform. When you're mm. growing a business on social media, great. If you have a massive following, that's fantastic. But what happens if, not only if, when social media crashes, that happens. Then what happens to your business? If mm. you haven't done the work to actually grow your email list, to have this direct connection to your audience without having a middleman, an algorithm controlling your reach, mm. then your business might be gone in a day, in a minute without you having any control over it. So email is still something that 
I think every, I'm obviously biased, right? But uh, I think that every business owner needs to take care of, it needs to care about, and it needs they need to nurture it. I absolutely agree. And I think a key thing there that, again, has in common with my field of, of work with domain names is that independence that it gives brands and business owners. And like you say, absolutely all for social media and also like there's different social media websites and platforms that are suitable for different industries or different type of audiences. So as a way to reach your audience, it's absolutely amazing that, you know, we have all those as tools. That's what I think people shouldn't forget or entrepreneurs shouldn't forget is that there are tools to be used but like you can't build your business on them or yeah. I mean, at least if you're looking to be in business for the long run. Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that you're mentioning that because email as well can be used for the short term, could be used for the long term. It's a matter of how you're using it. And I find that people who are only thinking about short term strategy with emails, they come across or they can come across as very spammy and very unethical. Mm-hmm. And This is what I always encourage my clients to do is not only to think of the short-term goals, because obviously each and every one of us love, uh, loves to have quick wins, but that's not what it's about. We're here to build businesses that are resilient, that are uh, long-lasting, that are, as you said, independent and don't have to rely on anything else, any other platform, any middleman to ensure that it's still up and running absolutely you have the word ethical like quite a bit on your website and you've mentioned it already a few times what makes an ethical email i'm going to um share my mantra for the first time today and probably not the last it depends i always talk about ethical email writing uh, copywriting and marketing in three pillars basically storytelling transparency and consent now what Each and every one of those mean to different business owners. Again, it depends. Each business sees that and uses that in the way that feels and sounds and just the best way for them. But I think that if you are using consent from the moment that you're welcoming someone to your email list and all the way through their customer journey, as well as being transparent, just enough, just as you feel comfortable using transparency to your benefit and storytelling. I mean, storytelling is such a marvelous tool to get your subscribers to remember who you are and stay top of mind, as well as to convert people. I think if you're using all three in different capacities, as long as you're aware of those three, I think you're already halfway, like you're 50% more ethical than most brands out there who don't even care about those things. Mm. So again, it really depends how you're using those. But as long as you're aware of it, you're solving already half of the problem. Absolutely makes sense. Um, we kind of there touched a little bit on mistakes that, that people make, which is not being aware of those. What would you say are the most typical mistakes you see with your clients, existing and potential clients, entrepreneurs in general, when it comes to email marketing? There are many, but (laughs) we're talking in a very interesting point in time where I am trying to really oversimplify things uh, for my clients where I'm telling them one of the biggest mistakes that I'm seeing is the welcome experience, not only the welcome sequence, which is the 
series of emails that mm. a new subscriber gets after they subscribe. But the whole welcome experience, a lot of companies, both in the personal brand realm and the e-com uh, world, they don't even get your first name when you sign up to their email list, which is a missed opportunity in my opinion, because uh, then you cannot use personalization. Then a lot of companies don't have a strategic success message, which is the message that you get right after you submit or you sign up for someone's list. Mm. And then about, I think the latest stat that I can remember was around the 40, 41, 43% of brands still don't have a welcome sequence, which is mm. outrageous in my opinion, because when you welcome someone, into your life, into your business. You want to give them the best experience ever. You want to make a great first impression. And a lot of companies are still not doing that. And then I can bet on the number, even though I don't have it like a well-researched number, but I bet that about 50%, at least 50% of the e-com brands that I'm seeing out there, their whole welcome sequence is about this discount code or coupon code mm. for the first yeah. purchase that they gave you to sign up to entice you to sign up and then it's all about quote unquote the discount is expiring is this mm -hmm. how you want to welcome a new yeah. subscriber i don't think this is what you want to achieve in the long term again if we're thinking about the long term. If we're talking about right now, most of the problems that I'm seeing in with the, the types of clients that I'm working with is that their whole welcome experience is just subpar. Yeah, I can totally agree. And I think I have recently made a purchase on a website and I mean, there wasn't anything that much special about the the messages I got after, but at some point they wrote to me and they said, one of the items that you've ordered will be delayed in production or whatever do you want us to send everything without it or so anyway there was some issue with the order but I got to talk to exchange emails about few of the people that work there and they were so like nice it turned that I think I enjoyed the fact of having that personal attention and experience more than the fact that effectively what happened was my order was delayed by two weeks <laughs> you know and so how can or is it at all doable because you mentioned you help people like form their email strategy personalize everything but you still can't replace that human touch but how like is there a way to maybe at least encourage it so make people come back to you and then you respond to them more personally or is there something to be done in that direction Oh, I love this question so much. Our listeners can't even see that, but I have like the widest smile on my face right now. Um, <laughs> email, I always say email is a part of a whole customer experience and customer journey. And as much as we all love to automate things, it will never, we can never basically skip the human touch to this whole process. That means that we need to be in continuous dialogue not monologue, dialogue with our subscribers. If you're a big company and you have, for example, a customer success uh, department, allocate or give one person the job to actually reply to all the emails back. If you want people to reply to your emails, then reply back, you know, show that you care, develop the conversation. If you want people to click on things, links, other kinds of, yeah, links, then ask people to do the, that ask deliberately, but you have to see it. You have to see email marketing as a conversation and you have to see it as a part of the whole marketing ecosystem because you can have the most amazing emails, but if you someone wants to reply, 
to you and you don't have that option, if you block the option to reply back to you, already losing half of the battle. And you're already showing that you don't care enough to even reply back. You don't have the capacity and you have to regard, you have to see email marketing as a part of the customer service, as a part mm. of the customer journey. You have to make sure that your subscribers are cared for from the moment that they open your email all the way up until they get your products and what happens afterwards. So if mm. you're looking at it in a holistic way... Yeah, if you're looking at it holistically, and you have to also remember that it's extremely personal. With social media, I'm totally digressing, but social media <laughs> feels like we're talking, you know, one too many. And with email, mm -hmm. it's super personal. Most people still feel like email is one of the most personal channels out there. So as you mentioned yourself, Tatiana, when you got that reply when you had this back and forth with someone who helped you, you weren't even mad at the fact that uh, there was some delay or some kind of a problem with your mm. delivery or with your order. All you cared about is mm. the attention. I always say exactly. people pay you with time and attention before they even pay you money. And that's not something that mm. we can take for granted. Absolutely. Please Definitely. see it and as a very personalized yeah. experience. I love the way you said it. It really rings true when you said it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And a lot of people, like you mentioned correctly, like I can tell you, I mean, I'm sure everybody who's ever ordered something online or subscribed to some service, you have a huge percentage of emails that are like no response at whatever. And how many how times many I've done yeah. that? Like I want to respond to that. And you realize it's not even a mailbox where you can respond to like, what's the point? It's, Like, I feel offended. It's like, it's like you ending up in my inbox, you know, I'm, and I can't respond to you. I have to go to the website and look for whatever. It's just crazy. And again, I'm drawing parallels with uh, domain names because obviously that's, you know, what I'm passionate about. But very similar to what you just said, that people are paying you with their time and attention before you get to their wallet. A very similar thing I say oftentimes about domain names where it's like, sure, you know, if your company is called, I don't know, example, and you are on weareexamples.net forward slash whatever, you can survive, you can live with it. But basically, it's like you're saying, I'm going to put that on my client's back to remember that and to work that out and to make sure they write it every time. And it's like, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And it's disrespectful to your clients because that's their time, you know, and their effort yeah. every time. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel you. <laughs> uh, we oftentimes hear stuff like, and like the internet is, is full of, you know, use those subject lines for whatever, or that's the best time to send an email for whatever, or the best days to send whatever. What are your thoughts on those kind of tips? Can I curse on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is complete bullshit. I absolutely hate all the people who swear by magic formulas and all kinds of times in which you absolutely need to send your emails. This is complete bullshit. What works for your email list, for your audience, for your subscribers suits them, suits you. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to send an email on Tuesday at 8 a.m. to get mm. the highest open rates or the highest click-through rates. 
No, it's about setting the expectations with your subscribers from the get-go, from the moment that they step into your world. And it's about nurturing that one-on-one connection with your subscribers. I also want to drop some kind of a truth bomb here. I don't know how many people know this, but open rates, uh, email open rates were never a reliable statistic and they're becoming less and less reliable. As I speak right now, I can already see that, Mm -hmm. that I cannot even see who opens my, my own emails or my clients' emails as accurately as a few months ago. And so this is not Mm. something that you need to even care about. You need to care about click rates. You need to care about replies and obviously conversions. Now you can also write, and I wrote an email about this a a couple of weeks back. You can write an email with the shittiest subject line in the world and people will still open your emails religiously because they know who you are. They know how much value you bring into their inbox. So you can literally leave the subject line even empty. I wouldn't do that, but uh, you can literally leave your your (laughs) subject line empty and your preview line empty. They will still open your email because they care about you. People open Mm. emails because they care about the sender name and because you have built up your reputation because you nurtured this connection. And so I can, I wrote this email because I have friends and colleagues that are not copywriters. They don't have, you know, the slightest idea what it takes to write a good subject line or a preview line. And still I open, and I'm super critical. I open each and every one of their emails. I save them to Sunday morning and I sit down with a cup of coffee Mm. and I read each and every one of those emails, regardless of their subject lines, because I know that what I'm going to read in that email is going to give so much value to my Sunday. It's really not about the best day to send an email because this is, you know, the average statistic that was researched. It's about really Mm. telling your, your subscribers, I'm going to send you my ethical Friday newsletter every Friday, my afternoon, Berlin time. So watch out for my emails. And so my subscribers know that every email, every Friday, my afternoon, maybe their morning, maybe their Saturday morning, they're going to see an email from me and they will open it. Mm. Set the expectations, build up your reputation. Nothing else really, really matters. I'm amazed as you were talking now that there isn't, because like you have CRM systems where you can set a time when an email is sent, but I've yet to see, and maybe it's just me that missed it. Like when you subscribe to some service, can you specify the day and time where you want to receive those emails? Because obviously on the other end, that's a doable thing. That would be a cool thing to do. There would be so many cool things. And wants to develop that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, you know, I, I keep hearing about emails that aren't going to be still. Is that the right word that I want to use here? Never mind. But emails that are going to change for each and every time that you open them, they would look and feel hmm. differently. So there are people who are working on that cool. as well. And I'm very, very excited to see what the future of email marketing is going that's to look fun. and feel like. That's very cool as well. But yeah. There's so much yeah, things that you can do because like we started the conversation with it's so old email, but there's still so much to do there, especially with the way we can personalize things now with data. It, it's crazy. So that, that's very exciting. Who would be or who is your ideal customer? Like if from the our audience, people listening, what would be the right? Is there like an industry, a size of company who, who can benefit from your services? Absolutely. So I both I work both with personal brands and e-com brands. 
ideal clients, my ideal clients have six plus uh, figure companies. Usually we're talking about small to medium sized companies of about up until 50 to 100 people working there. They have teams of customer success or customer service, very, very important (laughs) to kind of complete this puzzle. (laughs) They have designers in-house because as much as I loved doing the copy and the strategy, you do not want me to uh, design your email. (laughs) And they have data on their subscribers, which is very important. They have already uh, lists with a couple of thousands of people. And most importantly, they care about their subscribers like nobody else's business. And they care about how they talk to their subscribers and how they sell to their subscribers without wanting it to be spammy or sleazy. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely agree with that. Would those services apply to businesses that would you have to have some sort of like e-commerce, for example, you can have repeat customers. Mm-hmm. You have other industries where you don't have repeat customers, but like you have people who may potentially be interested in your services like later on in the future, even though it's, so it makes it harder to, I'm actually like talking about myself here. <laughs> like if you, if you, no, I think you can have a similarity with, for example, real estate where somebody has contacted you for whatever house they bought it or they didn't buy it, but they are the type of person who buys houses. And mm. you don't know when they might need another house. Is there any point of trying to even build some strategy with those type of purchases that are not frequent at all? Oh, that's a great question. I was never asked this and I love it. There is a huge significance in, in that. Specifically, I can think of real estate as something that is heavily relying on referrals. And referrals, as we all know, not from the online world, but from the real world, that referrals are social proof that we are using for our businesses or other businesses. And this is how businesses grow. So even if you are a real estate agent or company who's listening to us right now, and you're even thinking, oh, do I even need to invest in your e- in my email list? The answer is mm. absolutely yes, because if you give a premium service to someone who bought a house from you right now, they would go and recommend all of their friends to use your services later. And your email Mm. list is your number one way to stay top of mind without any distractions, without any, again, middlemen to interrupt in between. And this is something that you need. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, I'm biased again, of course. But I think that you need to invest in your email list because you can never know where the next sale is going to come from. For such businesses, Mm. it's usually going to be word of mouth. And this is how you can grow your email list and use it to the best of your abilities. Great. And last question, where can our audience reach you? Well, the best way to do that would be uh, either via LinkedIn with my full name, Yuval Ackerman, um, or you can join my email list at ackermancopywriting.com dot com forward slash subscribe and um as a gift for me you're also going to see exactly or steal my formula of how to set up your uh, welcome experience to a total success wonderful well thank you that's been very very fun and i'm sure it will be for our listeners thank you Abel. thank you so much
Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.